Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Everybody, it's time to believe in the Big 12. If you're a Big 12 baller, then this podcast is the place for you. Every week, we dive into the hot topics surrounding historic Big 12 football and basketball. Guest stars, former players, industry experts, conference shakeups, hoops hypotheticals, football fantasies. You name it, we have it. And in the process, we'll look at marquee matchups, roster comparisons, coaching carousels, and analysis of big-time moments. You will literally feel like you're etched into the fabric of the Big 12. From the creation of basketball to history repeating itself on the gridiron, our take on all things Big 12 will have you glued to the edge of your seat. So whether you've got a favorite Big 12 team or are just a fan of the conference, buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. Welcome to the Believe in the Big 12 podcast, a proud member of the Believe Podcast Network. Alright, welcome to episode number 19 of the Believe in the Big 12 podcast. And this week we are still focusing our sights on the amazing phenomenon that is March Madness. We're going to break down how the Big 12 is doing, how they're faring, in the greatest single elimination tournament of them all, March Madness. And when I say we're going to look at how the Big 12 is faring, I really mean we're going to look at how KU is faring because they're the only Big 12 team left. That's right. This is supposed to be a podcast about the Big 12. But right now, it's a podcast about the Big 1. KU. Now, it's not all entirely about KU because we're still going to look at the final record that the Big 12 posted in NCAA tournament games this year. But really, Kansas is just looking sharp, and they're the only team left, so we're going to focus on them and start there. And the interesting thing about this season is that Coach Bill Self of the Jayhawks, he didn't feel as certain as he did in 2020 about this the quality of this Kansas team. When Kansas spent the final month of the season ranked number one before the coronavirus pandemic canceled the NCAA tournament. That's right. In 2020, Kansas finished number one, and they would have been the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, and they were number one for a straight month to close the season out. So he has to be thrilled that this Kansas team is living up to those standards. Now, this Jayhawks version this year, they've looked elite at times. Like, in this most recent game against Miami, they looked elite. And when it thrashed, defending national championship Baylor by 24 points on February 5th. But then the Jayhawks have also looked vulnerable, like when they lost to Kentucky by 18 at home on January 29th, or when they endured consecutive 10-point road losses against Baylor and TCU. So who is this Kansas team? Well, we're finding out right now, and they are getting hot at the right time. And it's funny because this most recent Elite Eight game against Miami, it showed both sides of Kansas, the vulnerable side and the downright dominant side. Their best emerged when it needed to be 
at the forefront when it needed to be slap you in the face mentality, just like Will Smith slapped Chris Rock in the face at the Oscars. You know I had to. Who is not mentioning that in their media this week? It's all over. But yeah, that's what KU did to Miami. They smacked him in the face like Chris Rock got smacked by Will Smith. Kansas leveraged a dominant second half after committing a bunch of turnovers in the first half, but they they leveraged that dominant play to submerge Miami 76-50 at the United Center. They erased a six-point halftime deficit to reach their first Final Four since 2018, and their fourth under Coach Bill Self, and they will face Villanova on Saturday in New Orleans. And that win over Miami, just to put this in perspective for the listeners here, that 26-point win marked the largest victory in the Elite Eight by any team since 1992. Biggest margin of victory since 1992 in an Elite Eight victory. Crazy. And Bill Self, look, he's a really fun guy, but he doesn't, you know, he kind of focuses on what needs to improve in all of those halftime interviews and things like that. But even he was all smiles. He said that was about as well as we could play the second half, who improved to four and seven in Elite Eight games. He said these guys earned it. I'm so proud for them and proud for our program. And he had to talk about the program as the whole because with their 66-61 to win over Providence in the Sweet 16, well, Kansas, you know, they kind of did something cool. You know, they only just became the all-time winningest program in NCAA Division I men's basketball history with 2,354 wins. According to ESPN stats, Kansas's 26-point win was also tied for the largest among teams that had trailed NCAA tournament games at halftime. In 1964, the last time there was such a crazy victory like this, Princeton defeated VMI by 26 points in the first round after trailing by one point at halftime. And the Jayhawks' defense really stepped up in the process. Miami's 15 second-half points, yes, 15, marked a season low for them, and the 10th-seeded Hurricanes had scored no fewer than 31 points in a second half all season. So how did this happen? How did they turn it around? Well, Bill Self doesn't consider himself a gifted halftime speaker, but he did challenge his team and noted how K.J. Adams' defense against Miami star Cameron McGusty on the final possession of the first half, needed to be repeated for a comeback. And boy, did they answer the call. And All-American star guard Ochai Agbaji, well, he, he felt similarly. This was a quote from him. He said, we had a lot of opportunities in that first half to score. We had open looks. So he knows, he recognized, that they weren't making shots that they usually make. And he went on to say, it was just a matter of us not making shots. Going into the second half, it was the lid's going to come off at some point. Just keep guarding and focusing on guarding better. Then the offense is going to come. That's a really mindful mentality from the leader of this Jayhawks team. Just let the plays come to you. Keep doing what you're doing on each possession, one by one, and things will start to fall. 
And you need to be able to turn things around when you're playing poorly, especially in the NCAA tournament. Kansas had missed all five of its three-point attempts in the first half. Christian Braun, the star guard, he said, We just needed some energy. I thought we were flat in the first half. And that sequence where Christian Braun got the steal for the dunk and then hit that three-pointer, he says, I know it helped me, and it helped the team just get going. And then David McCormick dunked, and it was bye-bye birdie. They totally went on an absolute run and played shutdown defense. And let me tell you, I was really surprised with how happy Bill Self was about this victory. I have never, never, in my whole time as a Kansas Jayhawks fan, I have never seen him break down a huddle with the phrase national champions. I have not. That's clearly what their aspirations are, and Coach Self is thinking big. All right, national champions on three. One, two, three, national champions. Honestly, Coach Self seems a lot more carefree than I've ever seen him, and I think that means he's kind of hitting that stage of his career where he doesn't really care what happens, but he does at the same time if that makes any sense at all. And that size advantage with David McCormick and Mitch Lightfoot down there, well, that's scary for opponents. And it's going to be scary for Villanova. But like I said at the top of the episode, let's not forget about the other teams from the Big 12 that played in the Big Dance, which they should basically call the Big 12 Dance. Because the Big 12 in the tournament is now 11-5, and thanks to KU's win on Sunday. And I got to tell you, I was surprised that Kansas was even playing Miami. I thought Iowa State from the Big 12 would definitely beat them because in Big 12 play, you're just dealing with superior competition, even to a conference like the ACC. But six-year senior for Miami, Cam Mcgusty against Iowa State, he had the hot hand all night, leading all scorers and surely improving his NBA draft stock by the way, but he had a a game-high 27 points on 10 of 18 shooting, along with 6 rebounds, 4 steals, and 2 blocks. That's a stat line. Jordan Miller of Miami, well, he went 6 of 6 for 16 points and 7 rebounds. And 6-year senior forward Sam Wardenberg, well, he battled for 13 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 blocks. And then Charlie Moore, well, he recorded 9 of Miami's 21 assists. And, fun fact, Charlie Moore, for those who forget, also used to play at Kansas. He transferred from the Jayhawks to have more of an impactful role. But see, back to their star, McGusty. That's the difference between KU and Iowa State. KU kept him in check. Iowa State did not. But still, for Iowa State... The foundation of a great program is a lot farther along than anyone thought it would be right now. It's literally amazing what they did to come back from a two-win season last year. That's right, just two wins. So even though they lost, this season is a big win for them. TCU, not so much. They should have beaten Arizona. What a game that was. What a game. I hope everybody listening to this watched that game because if you didn't, you were doing yourself no favors. TCU had that game. They had it. 
but they can still hang their hat on their grit and taking Arizona to overtime. TCU men's basketball went down swinging in a toe-to-toe fight with the high-ranked Arizona Wildcats. Emmanuel Miller, well, he literally left blood on the dance floor. And all of the Horned Frogs left their sweat on the court, their passion on the court, everything. And you could tell they shed tears as a brotherhood in victory and defeat. TCU may have lost this battle, but they lost with honor, pride, and respect. They lost letting the country know they're the people's champion. Except for St. Peter's. That's right. TCU is the runner-up for the people's champion to St. Peter's. And even though St. Peter's lost to North Carolina by a boatload, they still captured America's heart. But TCU captured it too. Players like Chuck O'Bannon Jr. are just too hard not to root for. He led three TCU players who scored 20 or more points. But number one seed Arizona still defeated number nine seed TCU in overtime, 85-80, to Sunday in the second round of the NCAA tournament. O'Bannon had a career-high 23 points, including a career-high five three-pointers, too. And Eddie Lampkin Jr., he recorded his fifth double-double of the season with a career-high 20 points and another career-high of 14 rebounds. And don't forget about Mike Miles Jr., who scored 20 points with the help of a 9-of-9 effort from the free-throw line. But like I said, it just wasn't enough to overcome what Arizona did. But they got so close, and that's why they captured America's heart. Arizona led by as many as nine points in the second half, with seven minutes to play. And then TCU went on a 15-3 run to lead by three, 73-70, with a minute to play. But then Arizona tied it with a crazy three, and it was sayonara from there once they hit overtime. TCU moved to 6-9 and all-time in the NCAA tournament, and they moved to 2-1 and all-time against Arizona. So they had never lost to Arizona before this one. Crazy. And TCU, they even out-rebounded Arizona 48-44. to But, you know, it is what it is. They couldn't get it done. The Frogs moved to 19-8 this season. And now they're 134 under Coach Dixon when out-rebounding their opponent. TCU was out-rebounded just six times this season. Six! This season showed that TCU basketball is stronger than it was, stronger than it ever has been, to be honest, and it'll only improve. It also showed, though, that Kansas basketball is even greater. That's where we netted out this season. If you take away anything from this episode, it's that everybody played hard-fought basketball in the Big 12, but Kansas came out on top of the Big 12 with Baylor, Texas, TCU, and Iowa State not doing what it takes in the tourney to move on, no matter how well they played at stretches during this season. But they sure do get credit for that effort. And to quote Ted Lasso, and so here we are, Jamie, here we are. KU will play Villanova for a shot at a national championship. The date, Saturday, April 2nd. The game time, 
6.09 p.m. The venue, Caesars Superdome in the Big Easy. And how to watch TBS. And here's a little preview of the game. This is what it comes down to. One simple fact. One simple statement. A truth that resonated so far across the land, rippled through the Big 12, and smeared all of the competition in March Madness. You can't beat Kansas if you don't hit threes. That was a key part of Miami's problem in the 76-50 loss to the Jayhawks. The team could not hit threes. And why is that? Well, it's because the Jayhawks make it really hard. You have to be able to shoot over the top of the Jayhawks. And one 3 of 21 performance from three later, this close game turned ugly. You can't make three of 21 threes and expect to stay in the game. That will be the key to this game. And one other thing, which is Ochai Ogbaji hitting a clutch shot when it matters most. And David McCormick and Mitch Lightfoot using their size to KU's advantage. And one other thing I want to shout out. I want to I want to I want to show my empathy for Justin Moore from Villanova's team who tore his Achilles late in their win over Houston. He would have helped the Wildcats get rebounds and close out on KU's three-point shots. And now he's not going to be there. Kansas is going to get a lot of second chance opportunities now because Moore was one of their best rebounders. And we all know that second chance points kill a team. And Villanova isn't a deep team either. So the combination of inside game, outside shooting, and the defensive ability to force a few turnovers against a team that doesn't make mistakes will be just enough to get by for the Jayhawks. Like I said, the Big 12, well, it'll chew you up and spit you out and prepare you for any game. Team after team of strong defenses battled the Jayhawks in tough games and nasty battles, and Villanova will do the same. But ultimately, KU pulls this one out by about eight points. And Bill Self gets to do one more breakdown of one, two, three, national champions, and gets a shot to win another national championship with Kansas. Lock it up. So, to recap, folks, the Big 12 is still big dancing, thanks to the Kansas Jayhawks. We are on to the Final Four and March Madness, and it's about to get real. All of those Western-style, highfalutin, tough-bootin' games prepped Kansas for another shot at glory, along with Bill Self's leadership and newfound carefree attitude. And that's what we love here on the Believe in the Big 12 podcast. A carefree attitude. We'll see if Kansas will have one. A carefree attitude after next Monday's national championship. I have a feeling they will. And the Big 12 season will reset with the Kansas Jayhawks on top. And even if they come up short, the Big 12 really prepared them for an epic season. And their victories in the NCAA tournament are just proof that the Big 12 is a factory for victories and that winning mentality. So be sure to check in after the championship game for a breakdown of all the action and where the state of the Big 12 lies then. Share this episode with a fellow Big 12 baller 
Stay tuned for more shenanigans, and thank you very much for listening. Get some wings, get some pizza, enjoy the final four, and we'll see if the Jayhawks can bring glory to the Big 12 name. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.